Hello and welcome to episode 32 of Inherited Will, a One Piece podcast. A weekly podcast discussing each week's manga chapter and a reread of past chapters. My name is Thomas. And my name is Jordan. We'll be jumping right on in to chapter 1029, then later chapters 359 to 374. Here we go. So this is the first time we've seen Bonnie in what feels like uh, ever. Uh, indeed. She showed up in Reverie for a bit, but that was over a hundred chapters ago. Yeah. So a tenth of the series has gone by since we last saw her. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I like the upgrade to her hat. <laughs> it's very great. cute. Yeah. <laughs> now, is she winning by a lot or are they winning by a little? That's my question. Like, is it an individual basis or is it their whole team versus her i presume it's their whole team versus her or it could just be her versus the angry faced otter and the other otters are just there to have a good time (laughs) okay yeah one of them's definitely taking it more seriously i like that one better yeah (laughs) indeed it does look like her side has like maybe one or two more bowls stacked Maybe. It could just be an optical illusion. I did not sit here and count them, and I refuse to do so now. So, You know full well that I will later, but (laughs) not yet. My vote goes to Team Otter. They are guaranteed the win, without a doubt. Well, then I gotta go Team Bonnie, just to have options here. Well, I guess we'll find out who wins this bet next week, if I remember. Jumping into the chapter now. Mm-hmm. Picking up right where we left off last week. Queen's sword has just made contact with Sanji's neck and shattered upon contact. In that panel there, Sanji is standing as upright as ever. <laughs> looking good. Very defiant boy. looking. <laughs> Quite. Almost looks like he has his arms crossed. But yeah. Uh, we know that not to be true. Yeah, well, he's uh, got no reason to cross his arms because he's absolutely fine. <laughs> quite so uh some randos standing around watching the fight are uh, very concerned about this they say was it color of armament hockey to which queen immediately responds certainly wasn't any hockey like, literally the next panel <laughs> yeah well i mean gotta squash those rumors quite so i do really appreciate just how overjoyed this man is <laughs> about this prospect he really wants this tech. <laughs> yeah, like, every time we see him, he is still just stoked. <laughs> Pretty much. I think the only time he's been, like, kind of having a bad time is when he got, like, stabbed a little bit by King a few chapters ago. <laughs> yeah. And when he was, like, really digging into those randos he was trying to kill on his own squad. Uh, however many chapters ago that was. Uh, yeah, he was pretty aggressive there. He certainly was. Sanji's uh, cheek got squished in a little bit when that uh, sword made contact with his face. He just kind of grunts it back out by pulling on it, though. Easy peasy fix for this man. Good for you, Sanji. Yeah. Fingers as strong as his face, it would seem. (laughs) Just so. I know that uh, shortly after we first met Yonji, he gets an off-screen beating from Sanji that has to be, like, pounded back into place with, like, a a metal vice or something. So the fact that Sanji's body can just kind of be like pulled back into place and last chapter just kind of 
you know, healed of its own accord. Makes me think that maybe his upgrades are a little bit better than theirs. Yeah, either he got better tech at the start, or like, it's just been brewing for a while, or like, it's stronger when it's fresh. Who knows? Could be any of those things. I sure hope we find out. Uh, but Queen, man having the time of his life, kind of lists the special attributes of the Vin Smokes, just for our benefit, I suppose, and for his own. Also to stress out Sanji a little bit, he notes uh, exoskeleton, regeneration, great physical strength, and a heart of ice, all the while charging up some more lasers. If that isn't classic Queen, I don't know what is. Uh, I mean, pretty much everything he does. <laughs> this man is never out of character. <laughs> That's true. Chopper here, both concerned and awestruck <laughs> by this turn of events. See the little sparkles going around near his face. Good old baby geezer. Like him a lot. Uh, lovely time. That statement of, in all my years, is just <laughs> as confusing as it can be, huh? Uh, quite so. We're talking like spiritual years right now. I guess so. I guess. I mean, but you could also talk about age in which he's very young or actually, I don't know how old Chopper is, but uh, in between those two for sure. Without a doubt. Most elderly prefer to think of themselves as Yanyan heart. This Chopper, Yanyan body, elderly in heart. Just the way we like him. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. These little updates from him are actually quite good. Not sure how he's staying safe during all this. Like, no one's even attempted to go after these doctors. But uh, I guess they just respect that. I don't know. It doesn't seem right for pirates. Pretty sure that's a war crime, Jordan. <laughs> oh, yeah. Pirates hate war crimes. <laughs> uh, but Sanji responds to uh, Queen's list. Very concerned. Um Something that really didn't even occur to me last week is that Sanji might, as a result of getting these other uh, augmentations, might get the other side effect where he might lose his heart. Uh, I don't personally think that's going to happen, but he sure is rightfully stressed out that it might happen. So he's got to get out of there for the time being and think this through for a hot second. I mean, it's going to take more than a second for sure, but uh, it's going to be tough to find any time up here i think being generous queen might give him one or two <laughs> not intentionally but you know gotta make time where you can find it yeah he'll do a dance to celebrate something or another and that's his window <laughs> quite so poor sanji though he spent all of whole cake establishing he being oda uh sanji is better than his brothers because he has his emotions still and that's what his mom sacrificed herself to give him. Uh, now he's all worried that in addition to the physical augmentations, he might get the emotional, quote-unquote, changes as well. Um, so that sucks. Poor guy. <laughs> I would be stressed out about that too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, especially since his powers are tied to those. Like, it's it's another existential crisis level thing like everything that he has thought about himself is being upturned terrifying poor guy hope we get back with him soon but uh the way this ends makes me think we might be stepping away from sanji's little arc for a few chapters feels bad 
but I suppose there are other characters. Uh, but before that actually happens, though, um, as Sanji is fleeing, some randos from the Beast Pirates, uh, I assume this man's name is Butsu Yuna, judging from the back of his jacket. People love name. wearing things with their names on the back, I'm pretty sure. Uh, they see him fleeing, they take some shots, uh, they hit him, but uh, no effect, really. Sanji says that hurts, but, uh, you know, no real impact. Unfortunate for them. Do you think it really hurt, or did Sanji just kind of say that more to convince himself? Um, I really think it could go either way. I mean, when Frankie gets shot by bullets, they do physically hurt him as well. He feels the pain, um, but they don't actually, like, pierce him or do real damage. So it could be that, or he could just be kind of in denial. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, considering when he was hit by Queen's sword, he just said, ow. I would imagine, you know, three gunshots, probably a little bit weaker than that full-on <laughs> swing, probably, right? <laughs> so I, I would imagine so. Yeah, I lean towards the denial is all I'm saying. In the panel where he actually gets hit, he doesn't have like a visceral reaction. Ouch, right? He right. gets hit. He gets mad about it and then accosts the guys who actually shot him. Yeah, so. it's it's almost like when you run into a piece of furniture and you say ow, but then you're like, wait, no, that didn't actually hurt. Indeed. Happens to me all too often. Right. Hopefully we get some more details on this soon. Uh, I don't need more details because in both of the scenes where we see Sanji from far away, he is just the most angular man and uh, <laughs> cruising, and I love it. I could Indeed. I could have that be the rest of Sanji in this series, and I'd be pretty happy. <laughs> um, yeah, that is pretty good, isn't it? Yeah, it's just like you could confuse him for Brooke almost with the uh, the angles and the sharpness. I love it. Indeed. Oda really loves to draw Sanji very long to like emphasize the impact from his kits pretty yeah. frequently. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and that's also true in the top panel you're referring to when he's running and babbling back there. But then just kind of shrinks it down a little bit. <laughs> he's very small <laughs> in the one where Queen is like leaping at him. He's very cute. Right. Yeah. You got to make Queen look bigger, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Ugh. Good times. Poor guy. Good, good times. <laughs> We'll check in with that man another time. Mm -hmm. For the moment, we're popping back up to the second floor of the castle, where the Big Mom versus Kid and Law confrontation is occurring. Uh, your boy Kid, having a rough go of it, on the ground collapsed from a migraine, according to Big Mom, about to be slashed. I am amazed that Big Mom nails this in one. Like, she's just like, you look like your head hurts. And, you know, we find out a little bit later. Yeah, yeah, it does. <laughs> I'm sure Big Mom, she's pretty old. She's had some experiences in her day. She knows what a mind ring looks like. She yeah. might not know what, like, a voodoo doll head pounding from a distance looks like. But, you know, this is pretty close. I'm sure she observation hockey helps somehow, right? I'm sure it does. Um, but, fortunately for Kid... Big Mom is corrupt. He is on the ground, suffering from head pain, about to be slashed by a big, weird-faced hat sword. It sucks. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's not all that uncommon of a situation these days. That's true. 
Fortunately for him, she is intercepted by Law, getting a countershock to her face. She yells, Gya, but I am inclined to think that it is a situation similar to what Sanji just went through, where it's like a, ouch, that kind of hurt, but is not actually doing any damage. Type yeah, game. she's like pushed to the side. She's not knocked down or anything, you know. It's, Quite so. Yeah, pretty minimal. If I recall correctly, and I could just be wrong, uh, I think Law has landed a countershock on Big Mom on the roof previously, and that might be the only move she's like reacted to in the franchise so far. I mean, I definitely remember a countershock happening. So, yeah, I mean, I'll I'll agree to that. Uh, I think we should just assume I'm correct. Yeah, I I don't necessarily remember what the countershock even is. Um, oh, it's not clear at all. <laughs> okay, good, good. Whew, that's not on me. Cool. S- some sort of electricity-based ability of the Ope Ope fruit. I have no idea how he makes it happen. It just, I... <laughs> I don't know, based on everything I know about his fruit, which isn't all that much, I'll be honest. Uh, I can't piece it together. I'm sure it's meant to be like a defibrillator-type ability, but I don't understand how he does it with his power. Right, yeah, is he, like, uh, swapping electrons in the air? Like, what, huh? That's pretty bonkers if he can do that. Well, yeah, it would be insane. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh... I got nothing else, so ready to move on. (laughs) Uh, Big Mom, probably not terribly damaged by this attack, but is pretty peeved about it. Uh, But not as peeved as Prometheus is. Blasts that man with a stolen fire move. Hits him dead on. Poor Law. Probably dead now. (laughs) Yeah, and they go down pretty easy. (laughs) Yeah. All the supernovas do. Yeah. Yeah. Big Mom, like you said before, does not fall down, catches herself. Very nimble for an elderly woman, especially one of her size. Does some flips, uh, tries to smash Kid with a Mama Raid attack. Don't know if it missed or just didn't finish the man. But yeah, I wasn't very be, like, clear on cleaved. this one. <laughs> like, it just does nothing? I mean, he's sizzled. In that panel we see, or so it appears, but, like, if it made contact, it's also a sword. <laughs> right. He's in the almost exact same position as the other panel where he's down. Though it is a little weird, because he's, like, facing Big Mom in the panel where she's doing the flips. And well, then the following panel where we turns away see because of the head damage, I assume. And then I guess she just hits him in the back into the ground again? I guess but so. But there is no slash, and I, I'm with you on not getting that. Maybe he managed to guard with some armament hockey the last second, and she's just, like, playing around and not using it herself. Maybe. I, I mean, if I were a kid, I'd probably find a way to attach some metal to my, like, back area. That sounds like a good move in general. Already gives him one up on Frankie, so... Right, yeah. <laughs> well done. Uh, big Mom grinning as big as anyone has ever grinned. Uh, talking some smack for a hot second. But only in her head, it seems. That doesn't actually happen. Uh, <laughs> uh, kid having a bit of an internal monologue. Wondering about what's going on with his headache. Uh, griping to himself. 
Ugh, I finally reached the heights of the four emperors. If I die now, it will all be for nothing. Um, mama, 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 she says. Uh-huh, classic. Mm-hmm. I'm sure she said it many times. Um, basically saying, hey, seems like you're going to die of your own accord. Why am I even trying? <laughs> He's very distressed. That is a nice. great big frown on that man. <laughs> yeah, it's it's evocative right there. There's a lot going on. Quite so. I'm sure we'll check in with that man in no time. But for now, popping back up to the third floor, Killer versus Hawkins. The battle of the hour and the one I'm sure you were most itching to get back to. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> fortunately we find out pretty much immediately what's going on with kid's head uh just to be a jerk i guess hawkins has been bashing his head into a pillar uh because he has the straw man in his arm connected the kid that damage is immediately being transferred to him instead he's totally fine kids having a bad time as a result no good yeah but it's you know it's good that it's kid because he didn't really have many more brain cells to lose anyway. <laughs> I'm sure that's true. If, hmm, let's say Hawkins here had Luffy as a straw doll instead of Killer, mm-hmm. and he was doing this head bash thing, do you think the damage would still be transferred? Is it based on the amount of damage? that Hawkins himself would receive from this impact and thus it would actually still hurt Luffy? Or do you think it would be like transferring the actual head trauma to Luffy, but because he is a rubber man, it wouldn't matter to him? Uh, I mean, I think that this is kind of a question of like, physics here and i would say that it's the damage that's transferred because when hawkins like hits his head against the pillar it's not like kid's head is flying backwards or you know forward or whatever it just is hurting um (laughs) so i don't think it would be like luffy was getting the physical blow himself that's, like this is the, the pain. This is the difficult to talk about. Yeah, <laughs> uh, he would get the effects of it as opposed to feeling like it was actually hitting him. I think that made sense. Hopefully, we get some more details one day on how any of these people's powers work. Hawkins, Law, and Kid, in particular, out of the people in the story arc, all have kind of the vaguest descriptions <laughs> of their powers so far. And uh, I don't like it. Don't like yeah. that one bit. Kids is like, yeah, he's easier to understand, but then he whips out some weird stuff every now and then that makes me question everything. So, whatever. One I only care about law, so. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Hawkins. Uh, here he is, giving Killer a hard time while Killer having the time of his life or so uh, Orochi would like us to believe with that whole smile fruit thing he's got going on. Uh, seems he's just been kind of eating some damage for a while because he's been reluctant to attack Hawkins on account of this whole damage transfer operation. And he's been telling some other kid pirates not to help. And they are confused about why. It rough out there. 
I feel like, yeah. I mean, it. yes, it is rough. Uh, but I feel like you could just explain it to him. The man's rather busy. <laughs> He's got a lot going on right now. Well, yeah, but, well, yeah. <laughs> He's not getting through to Hawkins all that much, but uh, you still got to try. Indeed. Uh, the man gets his own little Zoro versus Kuma moment of sorts, where he asks Hawkins to take his life instead. Uh, Hawkins isn't having it, though. That doesn't really help him with the grand scheme of the battle, now does it? Just no, finishing off Killer. He's got a huge upper hand here. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. why give that up? Pretty much. And this way he can deal some damage to Kid and thus help Big Mom, even though she doesn't really need it. And also finish Killer off at the same time. That's a two-for-one special. Mm-hmm. Bargains. Good job, Hawkins. <laughs> Indeed. A real bargain hunter, this man. Um, the man deduces that Kid is fighting with Big Mom somehow. Uh... Kits Killer in the face quite a few times while mocking how high they've set their sights. Feels bad. Don't like this man. Giving our boy a hard time. I know how much of a Killer fan you are, so this must feel bad to you in particular. I feel every kick to the face as if it were my own. For some reason, I don't believe you, but you said it, so it must be true. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't lie about this. And You're that's very serious law. when it comes to him. Yeah. <laughs> quite so. Uh, Hawkins here is basically like hey if you don't like it just kill me but you know kid will die that's no great or you can surrender and I'll put in a good word for you with Kaido I'm sure uh, Kaido would still take them after all this it's a strength based hierarchy so I wonder if he actually would take them even though he's actually like actively fought against him dealt some damage as a matter of fact I bet he would. I bet he'd take the risk. Because um, he could just squash him if he needed to. <laughs> Indeed. Not much of a risk when you're Kaido, I suppose. Exactly. <laughs> um, if Killer would have surrendered here, do you think Hawkins would have just gone back to smashing his head into a wall? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Because like, <laughs> there's nothing... That might make Killer reconsider his surrender. But, like, there's still nothing he can do at this right. point in the fight. <laughs> yeah. So. Hawkins just seems like a jerk. I think he'd do it. I think so, too. And he's negotiating from a point of strength, certainly. So, mm-hmm. why the heck not? Uh, he starts yelling about how, oh, Kaido and Big Mom, they're invincible. Can't be beat. Uh, but, Killer, master of the, the comeback, snaps back at him. Yeah, you're all talk, but I know... Deep down in your heart, you actually regret the decision you made to surrender and become their lapdog. Uh, because look at us. You were relying on your predictions, and we're defying them, and we're still alive. So, joke's on you. Don't care for Killer, but I do like this line. It's good stuff. Indeed. Quite so. I wasn't much of a Killer fan prior to this chapter either. I'm still, you know, not a huge fan of the man, but he did grow on me a little bit this chapter. Yeah, a little bit. Not enough, but a little. <laughs> Indeed. Certainly not in my top ten Wano boys by any stretch. But no. uh, he jumped up a few places this time. Uh, Hawkins basically said, nah, you're wrong. Just going to kill you now. But uh, an idea has occurred to our boy killer. What will happen 
if uh, you take damage without a proper conduit, he says. Where does that damage go? This confuses Hawkins. He says, well, all the damage I take will just go to kid. And without any hesitation at all, on the following page, Killer slices this man's arm clean off in a frankly beautiful panel. <laughs> Very detailed. I like it a lot. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I like the even the lack of the background, except for underneath uh, Hawkins. Like, just mm-hmm, the, the mm-hmm. emphasis on everything else works for me. Quite so. The classic, uh, Oda likes to do this with Zoro a lot. We don't see the impact of the actual slash, just the after effects. And it mm-hmm. works a lot for how Killer fights. Yeah. I like it. Uh, I'm not quite sure how he knew the straw doll was in the arm or how he plucked it out, but I'm glad he did it. Uh, I don't know either. I mean, it could be that just that arm is where all the straw dolls have popped out previously because he had a few lives already that Killer sliced through up mm-hmm. until this point. Uh, but I would have to go back and check if that's generally the case. I know we've seen some uh, straw dolls come out of his arms before, but have not been paying close enough attention to tell you if it's always the same one. Yeah, I'm going to guess that it, it like, I'm going to guess that it is. I don't know if that, uh, like, brace thing that he has is it, but he doesn't have that on his other arm, so. That's true. And if that is how it works, it sure is lucky that it is the same arm that Kid doesn't have. Very good. <laughs> Worked out great. <laughs> Worked out great for our boy. Um, and I guess Hawkins also just forgot about that no left arm thing. <laughs> I, he right? sure is shocked. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, hmm. It's kind of a big detail about the guy. Quite so. But uh, he can join the no arm club that uh, Shanks and... Uh, kid are a part of there are now three of them that i can remember and they can like have kates and such on the weekends (laughs) yeah i'm ready for that cover story quite so uh killer here has a second question how many lives do you have now basically uh to which the answer is none you did it you got me but just kidding because i still have cards he draws one Summons that great big straw man thing that he used on Zoro and Luffy at the beginning of the arc. And uh, things look bad for Killer for exactly three panels until it too gets cleaved in twain. <laughs> He's getting really good at this. Quite. If Killer is good at nothing else, it is chopping things in two. <laughs> Feels bad for Hawkins, I'm sure. Uh, but apparently this thing is like immortal or something. It will keep regenerating itself as the cards dictate he says um don't know what that means exactly but he draws another card and it is the tower we don't get to know what that means just yet but he sure is surprised to see it (laughs) usually he is pretty excited about what he draws this is (laughs) the first time that i can remember him being like upset so that's true i think this is the moment the panel where he's like all sweaty and got the thought bubble the tower that he realizes that what a killer said a few pages ago about regretting the side he chose basically uh it really dawns on him that killer was right oh absolutely yeah no doubt 
it's rough when you uh, accidentally choose the wrong side. You know, I kind of feel bad for Hawkins, <laughs> frankly. I mean, he's a bit of a jerk, so I don't really feel that bad for him. But Hawkins is like, he's got the ability to predict the odds of an outcome somehow. Not very clear on how he does this. And every time we've seen him, that's pretty much what he always does. He's relying on that for every decision that he makes. Meanwhile, the Straw Hats and the Kid Pirates, etc. are defying the odds pretty much always. And right now, they're doing pretty well for themselves. This man is like the rational man <laughs> in a series of dreamers. And Diff's bopped for it. Pretty hardcore. Um, Not good for him. Yeah, well, he's also the rational man that chose the wrong side like you know the odds aren't always correct that's true but if i had his literal power i might make those decisions too <laughs> uh it's definitely a power that. that leans towards evil right like you actively hurt other people that possibly you like with your power it's not great oh well sure i'm not talking about like his voodoo abilities I'm talking oh. about his ability to like predict percentages of out oh, the even less uh, understood ability <laughs> <laughs> indeed is that a part of his devil fruit is that just like literal fortune telling i don't know sure would like to but uh not working out great for him so far <laughs> no also did killer cut through the death man's scythe as well uh doesn't oh yes i just I noticed think he did. that yeah <laughs> Good job, uh, Yeah, well done. That's not a head. So uh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> his beheading claws, not quite accurate if we're talking about both things that he sliced. So shame on you, killer. Rename your moves. I would argue that the blade is the head of a scythe. But he cut it down. Well, I guess you could consider the rest of that, like the handle bit to be like the neck, in which case still beheading. So I take back my unkind words. This nitpick was for naught. I'm sorry, Killer. <laughs> uh, he goes in on Killer again, completely disregarding the presumably regenerating straw man. Slashes him straight up with a spin and sonic attack. He looks great once again. Cards flying everywhere. Killer appears to be down. Uh, did you just say Killer? appears to be down. <laughs> They're all the same to me. They're all, they're all B tier Wano characters. There so. you go. <laughs> um, Hawkins looks straight up like Two Face now. Yeah, he sure does. I mean, it's just blood, but like definitely straight down the middle. Uh, Dunzo. Quite so. Then right after this slash, uh, we find out what particularly the Tower Tarot card means. It refers to the collapse of the old and brittle. And its hidden meaning is a new way forward, seeming to signify the collapse of the Yonko and uh, a new dawn for the young, the new generation. Feels yep. good. And then killer. killer turns into a cowboy and we end the chapter. <laughs> he sure does. Like I said before, Killer, still not one of my favorite characters of the Wano arc, but he did grow on me a little bit. We had a little bit of insight into like his relationship with Kid. And this get-going partner line, coupled with uh, what Kid was saying towards the beginning of the chapter about how how high they had the climb to get to this point, uh, really 
kind of gives me insight onto how their relationship has worked over the years since they started out. So feels good. I like right. that yeah. like, subtle nod to a relationship that I guess we will never get a flashback to. Right, but you can tell just based off of everything, like that they've been through struggles together and uh, you know, they're just not as interesting as our boys' struggles, so screw them. <laughs> or maybe they are. We nah. just don't know about them. <laughs> nah. Oda has said they are not as interesting, otherwise they would be the main characters. <laughs> I suppose that's true. Plus it's hard to imagine Hawkins and Killer having to go through something like Annie's lobby and we know they didn't take down any warlords in the first half of the Grand Line, so Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Poor chumps. Quite so. So with the Hawkins and Killer confrontation done, that leaves Kaido left to deal with, of course. That leaves King and Queen. The uh Fukuro Nojo <laughs> fight with Raizo is mm-hmm. still happening, I guess. Uh, and we haven't touched in with Drake and Apu for some time, but that is presumably still happening. Um, I don't think you said the mama fight, even though that was in this chapter. Uh, of course I mentioned it. I wouldn't forget something that is happening right before my eyes. <laughs> uh, but yes, kid and law versus big mom still happening. And uh, we know the world government is, in theory, going to make itself known in some capacity. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're winding down on the number of fights left getting through them bit by bit hard to believe that that rhizo thing is one of the last things remaining but uh right it's it's real i guess do you think someone some force other than the world government is going to show up here like some counter such as the revolutionary army or um i don't know shanks or something like i don't think the Revolutionary Army is going to show up just because they just had an operation on uh, Mary Joie that they don't really know what happened there. So their priorities kind of are elsewhere at the moment. Shanks, still a wild card. Don't know what pirate he was referring to when he showed up on Reverie to talk to the, the five elders. That man could be up to anything. Yeah. Uh, Blackbeard expressed some form of interest in this conflict, so it wouldn't surprise me if he turned up towards the end and made a stink in some capacity, mm-hmm. stealing Big Mom and Kaido's devil fruits, perhaps. That's a popular thing that uh, people think might happen. Sure. Um, and can't think of any other big parties. Yeah. I don't know who specifically from the world government is like on their way. I think we concluded that we don't think... Lucci himself is on his way, but uh, yeah. they should probably still send some beefers. They know that there are some strong boys here, even if Kaido goes down. That doesn't guarantee that uh, everybody strong is going to be dealt with. So. Yeah, you still need to be imposing and make a showing for yourself. Jeez. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But who knows? There might be an admiral on that ship or something. Maybe a. Oh, I'm sure it's a Green Bull on the ship, and he is. Zoro's father, and that's why he's going to Wano. Uh, that all checks out. Confirmed. Yeah, and he brought along Garp just to, you know, pal about. It's a mm-hmm, good time. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they're buds. Mm-hmm. Um, but I suppose we'll find out what happens next week. No break next week. 
Next chapter drops on Halloween, October 31st. Sure hope Oda makes it a spooky one for us. They're all spooky in my eyes. <laughs> Pretty much. I wonder if NetSuite will get, like, some big mom versus uh, kid and law business, and she'll make more, like, yokai homies. That'd be fun. That would be for fun. a fun Halloween chapter. Yeah, that would make sense. We just checked in with them. Why not get a little bit more out of it? But we'll find out next week. That takes us on into the reread segment. Once again, we are covering chapters 359 through 374, covering most of the Puffing Tom confrontations. Here we go. You say covering most, but like... There is so much to cover in this that I know we're not even going to get close. So <laughs> here are the high notes, you know? <laughs> Indeed. Uh, so last that we checked in last week, uh, everyone was flying out of windows and are for the most part fine, except maybe the Mary. But I guess it fell out of a door, not a window. So <laughs> it's a little different. That's right. <laughs> Couldn't be more different in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, but as Iceberg and Nami are talking, we flash back to, like, moments earlier, really, when Robin and Iceberg are talking about the Poneglyphs. Uh, I, I really just bring this up because Iceberg has another cool line when he says you don't always have to have evil intentions to hurt people. And I feel like mm -hmm. that's something a lot of people need to learn. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, your intentions can be very good, but, man, you can still do bad. The more we see of Iceberg, the more I am reminded of how much I like him. He's awesome. <laughs> I think, I mean, this might change as we reread more and more, but I think out of the, like, new characters we meet in a given arc, he might be my favorite so far. He's not very strong, and he's, you know, got a weird mouse in his pocket, but uh, <laughs> he's a cool guy. He's, he's so wise. Good insights. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And he's, he's also a pretty dang good craftsman so like a well-rounded dude like not judgmental willing to hear people out indeed a plus <sighs> he's the ideal we all strive for maybe one day you and i can be iceberg yeah let's move to venice <laughs> okay anyway let's do it <laughs> Great. uh it's a plan yep <laughs> so robin is terrified of the possible buster call because uh how could you not be with her backstory <laughs> yeah that sounds pretty bad 10 yeah. battleships and a vice admiral for each uh pretty strong boys just below the admirals themselves they all have hockey though we don't know that yet bad news no good at all yes and like you said robin has a bit of a personal history with that particular type of attack so Exactly. So she's willing to do whatever she can to prevent her new friends from having to go through the same thing. And like, it's, yeah, it's good to have the background this time through, you know, you don't, you don't wonder as much about Robin, you know, you don't worry or anything. Uh, but like, you know, having already known about the buster call, I don't know, it changes some things. Reading through the first time. I can't say for sure if I felt this way. Reading through a shonen and Robin doing something like this, it would be understandable to have the reaction. Robin, 
You've been through a lot with these people. You should just believe in them and just trust that they can get out of it without you having to sacrifice yourself to make it happen, right? Mm-hmm. But with the contest of knowing like what the Busto Crawl really does look like and like what Robin has personally gone through in regards to it, it makes it easier to understand how she would have reacted this way. Um, just, you know, makes it a little bit more believable. Again, I don't think I had that personal reaction that I described before the first time I read through, but, you know, I can see how somebody else might. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, right. Nami and Chopper, they're racing around, searching out some, you know, some more battle-capable crew members to help <laughs> prevent Robin's capture. Uh, but really, there's no worry, because Sanji's back on his cool guy shit, always steps ahead, uh, and he's already taking action. Yep. Like... Cool man, Sanji. That this man, like, continually is using his brain in ways that no one else in the crew can really figure out how to do. Like, <laughs> it's yeah. so good. Well done on him. Accurately predicting, A, that Robin was lying and uh, knew exactly where she would end up after uh, making that prediction. Well done. <laughs> this man was strategically right in the right place. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but he's also still a goofball because, <laughs> well, I mean, he's got to let Nami know somehow, and he does it the best way possible. Indeed. Couldn't have made that note any more noticeable. <laughs> well Just done. delightful. Uh, meanwhile, Zoro and Luffy are in two of the worst situations I can imagine for a normal human being. <laughs> I can't believe Luffy got stuck in between a building a second time. Well yeah. done. <laughs> well yeah i mean fool me once shame on him fool me twice shame on rob lucci that's true i suppose it wasn't strictly his fault the second time around but uh who boy did you read we the know... sbs on how yeah Zorro... i was gonna say we do know it's Zoro's <laughs> fault because uh he was launched up into the ocean and then swam back decided oh, i can see better from high up Oh, hey, look, a smokestack. I'll, I'll climb up that. Slips, catches himself, looks down, sees that it's a deep hole, and is like, I should check that out. Pokes his head in, gets stuck. What oh, a man. guy. <laughs> if that isn't class at Zorro, I don't know what is. Good lord. What a, yeah. what a goddamn goofball. Looking like a sea urchin. People stand this man. <laughs> love it. Love it, love it, love it. Uh... So right, Sanji does his little his little espionage stuff almost again. And mm-hmm. then we get a classic Jerry fight. I love <laughs> a, a classic good Jerry fight. Jerry fight. <laughs> the oh, tallest man. man who knows nothing about boxing gets his shit absolutely wrecked by Sanji oh, in one yes. move. Mostly to let us know about like the strength scaling of the, the operatives on board. And also, it just makes Sanji look cool as all heck. It certainly does. It's a good time. Classic Jerry, the karate master from Karate Island, who specializes in boxing, but also tips sometimes. So uh, <laughs> And yoga. <laughs> indeed. Yoga that actually uh, decreases his reach. Mm-hmm. What a man. I'm sure we'll okay. see more of Jerry going forward. <laughs> Kane will take off or have his uh, mask chopped off in the upcoming chapters. 
We'll see it's Jerry underneath, but Zoro never actually met Jerry, so he'll be very confused about what's going oh, on. Man. But we, the viewers, will understand. <laughs> and it's all thanks to us here now, and be... reminding everyone about Jerry. And the reason he's so grumpy is because he wants his revenge on Sanji, but because of how like Oda likes to scale out his battles, he got paired up with Zoro. It's a whole mess. A whole mess of vengeance. Mm-hmm. We crapped it. No one cares about the Lunarian thing. This is a Lugerian thing? Uh, Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Oh, no. Anyway, uh, while pretty much every person still out and about in Water 7 is looking for Luffy and Zoro, uh, we check in with Kokoro and Chimney to really remind us just how much everything sucks right now. Uh, This Aqua Laguna at least according to Kokoro, is going to be the biggest one in decades. Uh, yeah. But Looking at that ocean right before she says that, I believe her. <laughs> right? Yeah, I don't think that's uh, tides. Like, that is <laughs> a little bit more than that. <laughs> Quite so. Who oh boy. Bid wave a coming. Mm-hmm. Turns out Chimney has at least a low level of observation hockey, and she spots Luffy, like, hundreds of <laughs> yards away, sandwiched between two buildings. And, uh, I mean, if she's related to Kokoro, then I guess that makes sense. They kind of just get to do whatever they want. <laughs> we'll chalk it up to Fishman genes, I guess. Right. She's a type of fish that just has really good eyesight. Yeah. I, I was trying to pay attention to, like, Kokoro a little bit more in this reread to see if anything mermaid or uh, Fishman pops out. And I don't know if there really is anything, but... Uh, right after Luffy threatens to steal a ship from Galila to save Robin, her teeth look like way sharper. Um, which I mean, I I tried to do a little bit of research into what kind of fish fish man she is. I don't have sharp teeth or anything, so I don't think it's anything. But it was weird that her teeth were sharp when they're usually very rounded. I'll have to go back and take a look. That sounds weird if it is as you describe. It was a little weird. It could just be more detailed. Like it was a, a closer up shot, you know, so Oda could have just put more effort into it. But I don't know. Usually when you see them, they're like little hills. Not not this <laughs> not time. Not this time. <laughs> uh, so we didn't really need it, but Spandam shows up to give us another reminder of how high the stakes are. But... We do meet Funkfried for the first time, so that's pretty great. Yeah. Local cutie Funkfried giving his master, his terrible, terrible master, some affection with his trunk. Mm-hmm. Spandam just takes it. <laughs> this is not new behavior for him, I suppose. No. No. And I just, I love the name Funkfried. Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> I don't know if you remember this, but I used the name Funkfried on like every Pokemon team I had in college. It was just like, no matter what generation I was playing through, I had to have a Funkfried on my team. I don't blame you. It's so good. <laughs> um, also, in this little bit, we see that like even among the upper tier of CP9, they still follow the whole weaker, uh, weaker people further back in the train thing. Because it's like <laughs> Rob at the front with Kaku. I don't know if they're necessarily equal, but they're, I mean, whatever for this point it is. And then it's, like, Khalifa behind them, and then Bluno behind them. So, I like that. (laughs) 
they take that whole uh, power ranking based on the train situation very seriously. Yeah, I'm amazed that the dude that checked on Robin was allowed to go up there, walk past Rob Lucci, <laughs> and get punched in the face. I don't think this is like canonically correct, but I like to imagine that they were sitting differently before uh, Cordy came and like described how the train works in terms of the power scaling, <laughs> and then they moved themselves so that they would be in compliance with it. <laughs> yeah, that is my new headcanon. Thank you. <laughs> uh, right, so uh, the rest of the crew, they're a little behind, and they need to uh, you know pick up the pace. So they decide to take a little bit of a risky ride on a prototype <laughs> rocket. <laughs> I don't even know if I can call this thing a train, uh, <laughs> considering it didn't even need the tracks to go. Like, it just yeah. made it go faster. <laughs> it, like, floats on the water somehow. I, and then I thought it was just going fast enough that it was, like, skimming like you skipped a rock. But it's got to be so heavy. Yeah, and it doesn't make sense when there are wheels that are turning, but, like, there's no way it floats. (laughs) Yeah, I think the science might be a little bit wonky on this one. Or maybe Tom, which is that much of a genius. Guess we'll never know. (laughs) Probably was. Um, When the Rocket Man, like, gets up to full speed on the tracks, you get a cut back to inside the train car, where, like, all of these pretty buff people... From Galila to the Straw Hats are like in pain or disoriented or something. But Chimney and Gombi, who were on top of the train, are just as happy as can be in that scene. <laughs> they are yeah. an unstoppable force. I would imagine their day to day is probably pretty uh pretty dull, even considering where they live, and uh they're having a great time. This is a fun, very dangerous change of pace for them. Mm-hmm. I hope Gombi is inspired to become a pirate. A pirate no cat. The pirate cat king. Yes. <laughs> maybe it's maybe it's them underneath that king mask. Oh my goodness. They're also inside the egg on Roger's ship. Without a doubt. In the past. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I don't remember where this comes up, but uh, we meet Captain T-Bone, who... I mean, as far as like Navy captains go, he seems alright if you don't have to look directly at him <laughs> yeah as long as you just like squint a little bit and you stand back a fair ways i'm sure he's a very handsome fella yeah but as far as personality goes he's like the one marine that really embodies what they claim to stand for yeah uh, perhaps this a little is... bit too much <laughs> <laughs> this is still a dude that i'd be happy to serve under i think like he is checking in with each individual under his command and making sure that he's doing what he can to help them and I don't know if we've seen that from, yeah, anyone. So, good job, T-Bone. We see that to a certain extent with Smoker later on, where he, Mm. like, acts all gruff, but he actually does care about those, like, (laughs) terrible soldiers under his command, under G5 or whatever his unit is. Yeah. Um, But uh, T-Bone certainly shows it more. I'm sure his, uh, like, clothing bills for repairing that tape all the time must be a... pretty through the roof so his superiors probably aren't <laughs> pleased with him about that but dude really should just get a first aid kit <laughs> yeah but then he'd probably have to carry like 20 of them when one cape is just as good that's true he doesn't have to carry that around just drapes it over his shoulders more convenient that way yeah uh so i wasn't sure where to put 
this particular note because in my opinion it could easily go with the comedy bits but uh when luffy and zoro team up to punch a hole in the giant wave <laughs> where they're just casually talking about math and how much of a pain it can be is <laughs> i think it's pretty equal parts funny and impressive yeah i love that they're like having a like outward in canon conversation about what they're going to name this attack yeah i love it and luffy is the one that brings up the math thing he's like hey uh your move is like got some numbers in it what's two times that <laughs> basically but it's too hard for him so they just round down a little bit. i love it <laughs> two goofballs just really vibing with each other <laughs> quite so really made for each other those two mm-hmm mm-hmm uh, then we check back up with, like, Usopp, Sanji, and Frankie, and, mm -hmm. uh, in particular, Usopp and Sanji hear, like, Robin's real story, and both start scheming immediately, but in very different ways. <laughs> oh, yes. This is where Usopp gets kind of funky. Funky, you say? Funky how so? What's so funky about him? uh i mean he walks towards the back of the sea train and then we never see him again so that's pretty that's funky true. yeah it's disappointing to assert the sense that usopp felt the way he did and had to leave but at the very least he told his friend soji kane to come help in his place so i suppose if you send someone in your place then that's helping to a certain extent and if you're gonna send someone it may as well be the god sniper indeed I am kind of curious how he got there in the first place with the train, like, on the move like that. But, you know, Sniper Island is in their hearts, so he wasn't too far away. <laughs> I just don't know how no one noticed him jumping out of their heart. That's true. He's very fast. <laughs> I guess so. He's a speedy boy. Yeah. Fastest character in the series, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Thankfully, no one really buys his shit until they kind of decide to play along with him later. Um <laughs> I mean, Sanji doesn't even attempt to at the start, and then Robin immediately calls him out when she sees him. And <laughs> it's well, in Robin's defense, like all she refers to him as is Lawn Nose, which you know, right, is technically correct whether he is Soji King or Usopp. So yeah, maybe she thought she was talking to Kaku. Who knows? That could be. Um, in that little confrontation on top of the train. Um, Frankie gets shot by some rando uh, and that's where he gives the brief explanation of how he has steel built, to in his, built into his body mm -hmm. and that makes him basically bulletproof Sanji here reacts as though that's the craziest thing he's heard in all his years even though that's incredibly similar to how his siblings are so that's a, that's a big hmm Oda Maybe he's just shocked that someone else has access to technology close to his old man. Maybe he is concerned that uh, he might have another brother. Oh, God, Frankie yeah, he's just be. scared he's related to Frankie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. It. Yep, mystery solved. Uh, no contradiction here, Oda. You did it. Yeah, he's got the bright-colored hair and everything. <laughs> that's right. No curly eyebrows, though, but I'm sure that's just a defect that... Uh, <laughs> they got blasted off in one of his many experiments. That's true. <laughs> Confirmed. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like I said, no contradiction here. <laughs> right, yeah. 
Uh, sadly, I have to end the good times by bringing up Wands. I hate him. He's here, <laughs> and I don't want to talk about him. But Sanji does some cool stuff here, so it's got to be done. Unfortunately, he is real and cannot be ignored. So uh-huh. here we go. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's disgusting, and I hate him. Yes, <laughs> that's the main point. And I'm going to skip past a lot of it to just say uh, I'm surprised that Sanji was caught in the ramen battle suit in the first place. But he recovers quickly enough that it does not matter. It's fine. Uh, and then I don't think he really loses the upper hand after that point. Like, once he secures his advantage, even with, like, <laughs> him trying, uh, Wands trying to hit him with a surprise knife throw attack, uh, <laughs> he's, he's fine. He maintains it well. Quite so. He starts out thrashing that man with incredible ease. Like you said, he gets caught by the, the ramen thing, he gets tossed around a little bit, but... As soon as he pulls out the knives, he's thrashing again for the entire rest of that fight. So Right, yeah, to the really point of rearranging one. this dude's face and, like, <laughs> having time to do comedy bits, so... <laughs> Indeed. Good old Sanji. Hate Wanze, but uh, made Sanji look really cool, so... Mm-hmm. Oh, man, and I love the finisher where he kicks the... When he kicks him through, like, a whole entire train section... To bust mm-hmm. into CP9s. I love that shot. So yeah. good. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He also kicked him so hard that he undid the plastic surgery shot from like three pages prior. Yeah. <laughs> All that effort. <laughs> Darn. Down the drain. Shame. Right, yeah, then, you know, Nero, a character that I had completely forgotten about, uh, shows up do. and is quite bad at his job. He mm, says four that he... out of six ain't bad. Well, not not that. Uh, he says that he can't kill Frankie, and then, like, a chapter later, hits him with a Tempest kick to the chest, and is surprised when Frankie isn't cut. So, like, he was going for blood on this one, and then he's like, oh, hmm. <laughs> sure did work out for me that I didn't kill that guy I'm not supposed to kill. Yeah, like, what were you thinking, bud? He doesn't amount to a hill of beans in the end, so it's That's fine. That's true. Like, he underestimated Frankie Centaur and Frankie Invincible, so he has to pay the price. (laughs) Quite so. You know how I bring up on occasion that back in the day, people used to think Frankie was much stronger than he was? Yeah. Um, This was another instance of that, to my knowledge. I haven't heard anything that's specific to this point, but rereading it now, considering that, like, Corgi, the cypherbold guy was like oh yeah people are built up here like in their carts in order of strength and then frankie beats a guy who is stated to be stronger than the guy sanji beat considering how that's usually how oda lays out the hierarchy of the straw hats i can understand how people might think that frankie is stronger than sanji here but uh i'd argue that sanji had a much easier time with his guy than the other way around so (laughs) Yeah, absolutely, dude. Like, <laughs> Frankie kind of got lucky, and that's why it worked out. Um, Quite so. Had to dupe the man to be able to land a hit. Right, yeah, definitely a big brain idea that came through there. <laughs> and he turned invincible for a brief time, and you know, that's just cheating. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, it's a good thing that he's the leader of the bad guys back home. Quite so. Uh, I love Frankie. 
this is really making me miss original Frankie. This form, this design, is just peak Frankie, man. I, it certainly uh, is. I He's a goofball it. and a freak, but yeah. I love him. <laughs> yeah, it's the perfect role for him. It's weird Popeye arms. <laughs> <laughs> I love that he sometimes is just doing his pose in the background or whatever, like before he's talking or anything, he's just like, got to do it. Yeah, all that time towards pretty much where we are now, where uh, Sanji and CP9 are having a little bit of back and forth with their barbed words, and Frankie's just there making faces and posing. <laughs> Delightful. Definitely contradictory to the atmosphere all around but sometimes we need that that's frankie style yeah uh let's see so there's a really fun parallel in this chunk when luffy and usopp were like having their fight and it flashed back to other memories specifically the one where luffy and usopp were fighting over the special seat on the mary um I think that parallels really well with Luffy sitting at the nose of the Rocket Man. Like, it's definitely the same position, and he's definitely working through some stuff right now, and mm-hmm. that's his, mm-hmm. like, thinking spot, and it pays pays homage to Mary and Usopp, probably, a little bit. I think it's a, yeah. that was pretty cute. I like it a lot. Whether it's just a matter of him just sitting on the nose by instinct, or like he's missing the Mary, or what have you. You're right. Cute little parallel there. Yeah. Real good. Uh, next, it's Zoro's time to shine. He does some really cool stuff in this bit. Um, I mean, he's still the most casual man in all of existence, but like, not only does he split the two train cars that are launching at them in half with enough force to push them to the side of the tracks, I may add. Mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. He takes out Captain T-Bone in one move, then immediately goes inside and takes a nap. (laughs) There's one panel where you can see him, like, sitting on a barrel, leaning against a wall, while either Kiwi or Mozu are, like, you know, uh, like, uh, slapping him almost. Mm -hmm. And I forget the other dude's name, but the one with the goggles, he's, like, just mouth agape. Can't believe his eyes. (laughs) Very good. Indeed. And Paulie's like, uh, you should have warned us that that was going to happen. Luffy claps back. I told him to cut it. You all heard me. Yeah, <laughs> like, like what else am I supposed to do say? It. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor guys. And all the people on the inside of the train just like as shocked as can be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They were just like thinking about what they're going to do. Like traveling backwards on the cart, basically. Or just completely stalled then all of a sudden their <laughs> their cart is just cleaved in half and i assume they all drowned so R.I.P. Uh, no them. no we see them later like rowing the halves of the trains towards uh captain t-bone i'm pretty sure i assume they all drowned eventually maybe but not yet <laughs> there would be sea canes out there dog it's bad uh, news not anymore t-bone <laughs> took care of them I'm sure there was only the one. Yes. Yep. <laughs> Easy peasy. Done. <laughs> um, so, let's see. We're almost to the end here. There's some more weird stuff that happens. Like, uh, I mean, 
there's a whole attempt at saving Robin, but it goes nowhere. Uh, there's some cool stuff that happens during it. Some weird stuff too, like uh, Blue Nose Air Door. If he can do that, why do you need any other ability? Pretty much. You can basically, you know, teleport. More yeah. or less. I imagine it works kind of similar. It's basically the same ability except without the mirrors. To the uh, the mirror ability of a... Uh, what's her name? Oh, Aflampe. Um... Uh, the other one. <laughs> the other one from uh, Whole Cake. The mirror. You lady. know the one. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, where it's like a separate dimension of doors. I don't know. I don't <laughs> it, really know what's going on It has to be, there. because like we don't see him with Rob Lucci and Kaku and them like poking his head through a hole, right? Right. So I agree 100%, and it's just not talked about, and... Uh, like It's super <laughs> casual for Rob Lucci to just be like, yeah, this is why his power is actually good. Like, why hasn't he been doing that, then? <laughs> sure does seem like it would make assassination quite easy if you can just pop in wherever you want and then leave and then be completely undetected in between. Uh-huh. <laughs> Bluno appears to be pretty dense if he can't get this together. <sighs> but Silly man. We Yeah, we do see uh, Sanji do something, you know, possibly more impressive than what Frankie did even by like the power scaling that's been set up. I mean, he hits Bluno and he almost breaks. He was so close. Uh, and like, I don't know, Sanji, as much as he was toying around with wands, uh, he did expend energy. So he's probably not, you know, in tip top shape. That's so true. I think it's pretty impressive. He's been blasting through, you know, randos and relative weaklings, but Still have to expend power to actually, you know, beat up even randos. So, and this is before they get like the Robin, I want to live moment power boost that they all seem to get. So, very impressive. <laughs> we'll get there. <laughs> um, and yeah, we, we leave it on sort of a, a heck of an interaction between Robin and Usopp. Like, these are just two very broken people. I don't know, just coming to a head but not really like they're both realizing different things and they're kind of contradictory and they're going at their own speed but they're working towards the same thing i think uh yes a lot of what usopp tells robin i think he's also basically saying to himself <laughs> right especially exactly. that trust in luffy thing he's realizing you know maybe i was wrong <laughs> Luffy was correct about this whole Mary thing. Yeah. I'm sure it's easier to think that after the fact when he also thinks that the Mary is like dead, basically. True, true. But uh, also while he's putting on a huge facade, like he gets to hide a little bit, even though no one's buying it. He's buying true. it, and that's the important <laughs> thing, right? Quite so. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a heavy bit to to leave it on, and. I'm sure I left out a lot of important stuff, but we also covered a lot. So you're welcome, everyone. <laughs> Quite so. Uh, before we move on to the gags, I do have, which I don't even have that many anymore, because we covered many of them as we were going. But uh, yes. two things of 
very importance that I want to discuss before we move on. During this bit, uh, we did uh, some Baroque Works stuff on the cover pages. Mm-hmm. And uh, something occurred to me as we were reading the beginning of these. Way back on Little Garden, Mr. Three, Mr. Five, Miss Golden Wheat, and Miss Valentine all get bopped by Luffy and Co., right? Yep. Later, like the next arc, or two arcs later, we see that Mr. Three has made his way back to Alabasta. Here, in this set of cover arcs, we find out that I guess he must have ditched the other three, <laughs> including his own partner, to uh, get there. Why did he do that? Why did he abandon his comrades, even his like direct partner that he was teamed hmm. up with? <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Not cool, I don't Mr. really know. <laughs> Not cool one bit. I thought he might be in a bit of a hurry because... Mr. Two was on his way to assassinate him, but he didn't know that. He had no means of knowing that uh, Crocodile had sent Mr. Two after him for making what he perceived to be a false report. Yeah. So it's not like he had to run quickly, like no. so fast that he couldn't like gather up his boys. He just sucks. I can see him ditching like Mr. Five and Miss Valentine to a certain extent, but. Mr. Goldenweed was like his literal partner. Well, I mean, he's he's an extremely opportunistic person, so that's true. And he's had a big three on his head. And yeah, three's a, a crowd, so he already had plenty of people. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Another thing, and this is probably my final point of this episode. Uh, Bring it on. In this bit, we get an SBS section where Oda goes into a little bit more detail about the legend of Davy Jones. Uh, I'm not going to go into the whole thing, but here's an interesting tidbit I want to talk about for a hot second. Davy Jones, according to the story that Oda tells, was cursed by the devil to live forever on the ocean floor. People in the series often refer to the abilities of a devil fruit as a curse. Mm-hmm. Uh, could it be, and this is just me speculating off of almost nothing, uh, that the one that received the immortality from the Ope Ope fruit in the past, and that's the reason that people like know that that's an ability that it has, could that have been Davy Jones himself? Is he literally a person in the franchise who is immortal on the seafloor? Interesting. Could, I mean, certainly could be. Uh... Huh. We know or assume that he was like a real person because we see the Flying Dutchman, his ship of legend, later in the franchise. So, seems like he was a real person. Yeah. I mean, hmm. Hmm. I don't know. Because he wouldn't be immobilized by having been given immortality. So, like, is he just kind of walking about down there just (laughs) hanging around doing whatever i mean maybe if he was also a literal devil fruit user he might also just be kind of stuck and right if if he was a devil fruit user as well sure but if he had just been immortalized maybe Um, he's also very dense (laughs) he can't swim for other reasons he's trapped under a rock (laughs) could be i mean 
if we assume that he is an actual person because of the whole flying Dutchman thing, mm-hmm. then this legend of him being cursed to live forever has to have stemmed from something. You know? Yeah. It, it, it could just be pulled out of thin air. It's just a story that people made up. But most stories have some semblance of truth in them. So I like it. I like it as far as theories go, you know? Um, Not the wackiest off. one I've heard. <laughs> yeah, we're going off very little, but those are my favorites. <laughs> Quite so. Uh, just something to think about. But I suppose that takes us into the couple gags we had remaining. Like There's I said, so I many to... remaining. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had to delete like half of mine because we covered a lot. I know. We were by, they were just but... too good. Quite so. Um, let's see here. Uh, during that bit where nami is reading sanji's letter that he made very apparent to her uh during the last bit where sanji's starting to ramble about how she should think of the baby den den mushi that he left with her as him uh oda put nami's speech bubble literally over top of that last (laughs) bit of sanji's letter and i found that very funny (laughs) literally talking over him (laughs) some some good like visual text humor (laughs) quite so don't get a lot of that i think before that happened uh we get the like you know they're yelling to find luffy and zoro and then slightly quieter they say usap please come back (laughs) indeed uh chopper starts that chant and it just catches on through the entirety of the galley law staff it's yeah it's a virus that takes hold and (laughs) i love it uh Lulu and Tilestone, after they are busted for stowing away on the Rocket Man, they confront a Polly very seriously, saying, I just need to hear it out of your mouth. We already have a pretty good idea of who the mass people are, but tell us, Polly, who were they? Then Polly reveals Rob Lucci, Kalifla, uh, Bluno, and uh, they could not have been more surprised <laughs> by this revelation. Yeah, well, they thought that it was Michael and Heichel, um, <laughs> who are later revealed in an SBS to be two 12-year-olds, one of which smokes. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, my goodness, how embarrassing. Those numbers don't even add up, Lulu. What were you thinking? No, no. Did you think one of them was Moichel, one of them was Hoichel, and the third one was just, like, those guys in, like, a tall trench coat? I guess so. And there were four of them, so I guess the other one of them was that same duo, but they've swapped who's on top and who's on bottom. <laughs> oh, just silly. Silly, Indeed. silly, silly. Um, after being saved from Aqua Laguna by Polly, Chopper passes out, clinging to Zoro's face, uh, and then <laughs> wakes up just long enough to inform everyone that he was shamefully trapped in a chimney. <laughs> I love that. Indeed. Gotta make that point. <laughs> opportunist chopper showing up just in time to embarrass zoro to the maximum extent yeah almost dies as a result but uh, <laughs> worth it yep <laughs> well worth it uh the last one i had was a uh, shortly after usopp uh octopus suckers his way from the outside of the train over to robin uh, almost get busted by corgi has to hide but uh <laughs> decides that the best way to do so is to hide inside of robin's cloak but his arms are still sticking out doing classic silly usopp <laughs> stuff 
<laughs> I think you mean classic Robin stuff. Oh, of course. Uh, suppose I also mean classic Soji Kane stuff, because Usopp has already left by this point. But Sure. <laughs> um, I'll throw in one more for good measure. Uh, I personally very much enjoyed when Luffy, like, rocketed onto the two jettison train cars and he signals not here with his arms which is good by itself but then it's interpreted as none of ours are in there and i'm being shot (laughs) i love that (laughs) so good and whoever interpreted that was certainly correct oh yeah could not have been more clear from the from the signal being given he wasn't saying it, he wasn't worried about it, but it was happening. <laughs> Quite so. Uh, uh, yeah. Oh boy. It's a, it's a good chunk of chapters. It's got good balance of funny and serious. So mm-hmm. if that's what you're looking for, do it. Yep. But that pretty much wraps up uh, not only the Water 7 portion of the story, because they're about to hit Ennis Lobby next week, mm-hmm. but also this episode of the podcast. All right. <gasps> All right. We did. Like I said before, no break next week. Next chapter drops on October 31st. A spooky one, no doubt. Feel free to send your thoughts in on the new chapter, etc., via email to inheritedwillpodcasts at gmail.com, on Twitter to at inherited underscore will, or in a comment on the platform of your choosing. As always, thanks for listening. Till next time.